This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio... My co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you? Good. Also joining us in studio this morning, Mr. Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Louis. How are you this morning? Well, gentlemen, good morning. It's been a while. I know you got a little vim and vigor with you today, so uh, we'll, get, we'll get to it. A pretty heated discussion uh, just prior to going on the air, but uh, just to give our listeners an idea of what's coming up today. Uh, shortly after the first break, we'll be talking to Joe Bowen. Uh, Joe, of course, the voice of Toronto Maple Leafs, but uh, we'll be talking about his passion for Notre Dame football and um, perhaps a little bit of NFL uh, with his. Uh, he's a part owner of the Green Bay Packers, and we may even sneak in a Toronto Maple Leaf question right at the end. But uh, uh, we've got some fighting Irish uh, we want to talk to Joe Bowen about, and that will be a great lead into our second guest. Uh, coming up the middle of the hour, it's the 25th anniversary of the uh, movie Rudy closing the Toronto International Film Festival in 1993. And we're pleased to announce we're going to have on the show Daniel Rudy Rudiger. Yes, the Rudy, as I call him, not to be confused with the other Rudy that's in the news these days. It's the original Rudy, Daniel Rudy Rudiger, uh, the famed Notre Dame uh, uh, alumnus who uh, spinned and spawned the movie Rudy. So we'll be chatting with him. Boys, the NFL is starting this Sunday. Uh, The games seem to have taken a backseat to uh, some of the other events off the field. Of course, talking about the uh, continuing uh, issues with Colin Kaepernick and the anthem protest. Nike commercial this week uh, seems to have uplifted a lot of people. Uh, uh, Certainly, uh, from what I read, uh, some people think it's the greatest commercial ever created, uh, and some people thought uh, not so great a commercial, depending on what side of the political spectrum you're on. Uh, that seems to overshadowing the games. And last night at the U.S. To- U.S. Open, uh, uh, yesterday afternoon, U.S. Open tennis, uh, Serena Williams uh, came in for a little bit of criticism. So, boys, I'll throw it over to you guys. Uh, Naz, uh, where do we want to start off here today? Let's start off with Serena first. Um, looks like she was losing the match anyway yesterday and went into a tantrum. And uh, she's not going to back off from her statement at all, I don't think. Uh, she shouldn't have, shouldn't have acted the way she did, especially uh, uh, in in, a, in an environment like that in the U.S. Open. Well, uh, just to uh, in case our listeners haven't read about it this morning or didn't see it, uh, it was controversial final uh, in the U.S. Women's Open tennis yesterday. Uh, she was up against the 20-year-old uh, Japanese girl 
who was who was playing phenomenal. Um, her name escapes me now. Osaka, I believe. Osaka. Uh, it was in the second set, and there was a controversy about whether Serena was receiving coaching from her coach, and uh, uh, I received a very quick education on coaching and uh, tennis. Uh, when, the, when the cameras pan the audience, they always see the coach in the audience. In major championship tournaments, they're not allowed to give signals to the player. Camera caught the coach, uh, and the defense, I think, was it's done all the time. Why did the umpire pick this particular moment to come down as the heavy? And it all culminated uh, in a pretty bitter exchange between Serena and the umpire, uh, who has a pretty good reputation, is considered one of the better tennis umpires in the world, certainly wouldn't be uh, umpiring a U.S. Open final unless he was considered one of the best at his craft, Uh, and she resorted to calling him a thief, uh, which was probably a little over the top, and uh, he took a, a, a game away from her uh, at that point in time, and the crowd didn't enjoy it very much. Lou, you were pretty heated in your uh, comments prior to going on the air. Uh, you feel that Serena Williams, um, although she was somewhat gracious uh, when they were giving the championship trophy uh, to the young Japanese girl when the crowd was booing, uh, she put her arm around and asked the crowd to stop, so I'll give her credit for that. Uh, but it seems like the whole moment, this this poor young girl just won her dream. Talking about dreams, we've got Rudy on today. She achieved her dream, and it just, all she got for that was the the, uh, the privilege of hearing a whole bunch of boos when she was receiving the trophy. Your reaction, Lou? Well, uh, I think being an ex-professional athlete, sometimes... Our emotions take over our whole body, and, and what I saw from from the whole exchange that she wasn't doing that well. She was frustrated as, as anything, and I think for her, she was she getting was, outplayed. Yeah, she she was to be quite fair to by, be quite by a twenty year old, and I, I think she took it out on the umpire uh, on one opportunity that she actually had to uh, that she can get away with it, and it, it was she could have ended it right after that. Uh, and not prolong the whole ordeal as as much as she had. Uh, but what I didn't like about it is that she changed this twenty year old from Japan. She's she's take she took away the thrill of her winning the championship and pushed everything towards the the thief part and the point that was taken away um, on on Serena's part. And it was just you can only go so far. Where, where umpires and coaches or even umpires and referees and um, all the people that are in charge of the game. But you've got to know when to stop. Uh, it, it was just a point where I think that she was outplayed, she was frustrated because she had no answer for uh, uh, for the 20-year-old's game. And th- there was an open window there where she could more or less ref- uh, deflect all the... Everything that the other one was doing and everything that bad that Serena was doing, that she actually, had, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's a very confusing thing because I know she's a great athlete. She's probably one of the top two or three women uh, tennis players of all time. I just didn't like the way everything went. Yeah, it, it, it sort of degenerated, and it's, it's a U.S. Open final. And as I'll make the comment, I want your reaction. Um, 
and you know I, I you know I checked uh, Twitter last night and uh, I, I thought more people some some people were supportive of 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 Serena Williams and she started getting to comments about um, you know the men get away with this uh, why is he calling it now it's never called um, you know she's worked hard her entire life uh, she's never taken advantage of anything that's not how she tr- how she raises her kids um, and she got into that line of argument and, and I just quite frankly didn't see how most of that was relevant now address, address the point and this, this is a point you see in, in it's it's been in tennis for a long time uh, McEnroe and Jimmy Connors weren't the you know they weren't choir boys out there okay and somehow there's there's part of a tennis culture and you know sometimes you see it in soccer as well is you know you attack the officials uh, was this the right moment for the official to come down hard what I find uh, very interesting is that I've never heard of this this game injection type thing, losing a game for... Uh, well, we know about it now. We know about <laughs> it, but this is the first time it's ever happened. Well, 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 I, I, I don't remember it. Maybe you do, Lou, but it took a lot of guts for the uh, referee to do that. And I, I'm not so sure that if it was another ref, he would have done the same thing. Yeah. You know what? It, it's not that you've never heard of it. I think the players know what the violation is. One violation, and you get... Your wrist slapped, and then the second violation, and nobody's ever gone overboard to to get nailed with that second violation, so they can get a, a point uh, taken away. Yeah, and and you know, not to, I'm I'm not going to uh, impugn uh, Serena's motives, but uh, you know, there's a lot of mental because it's a one-on-one competition. There's a there's a lot of gamesmanship that happens in these games. You know, when you sometimes when you're losing, you know, your calf needs a little bit of treatment. You're trying to change the momentum. Uh, I mean, she's an experienced player, and you know, she's one of the top two or three. I think she's a top women's tennis player of all time, um, without a doubt. And uh, she's, you know, and the reality is, and Lou, we've chatted about this. You know, she's she's your top draw, she's your top star, and in in, in a lot of sports, it's almost like sometimes you have different rules for the stars. And unfortunately, this particular time, it worked against you. <laughs> this particular time, the ref decided. I'm not going to have any special rules for my star, uh, and I'm going to enforce the rules. And, you know, this particular match will go down in tennis history, and Serena Williams and this particular official, are they're going to be talking about this for a long time. Well, the, the funny thing is, is that the coach admitted after the game that he was giving her signals. Well, his, but, his but, defense but, 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 but is nobody, nobody but, ever calls it. But nobody it. pays any attention. You know, it's, that, it's, it's you know, just one of those things that you know. The reality is, in a court, yeah. in a court of law, you know, you you go in and argue when the cop pulls you over uh, for not stopping at that stop sign. You make the argument that the last nine last nine people at that stop sign didn't stop, and <laughs> therefore he shouldn't give you a ticket. Yeah, you were the tenth guy. <laughs> I guarantee, I guarantee you, the judge not going to have too much sympathy for your argument. That's well, how many times you go to the border and you let everybody walk through, and you yeah. just happen to be the tenth guy that, that they cut? That, you know, they they, yeah, you they're pulling over, right? That, that's never, that's never, that's never. That argument usually doesn't go over very well. Anyways, uh, we took got, a lot of guts for that guy to make did. the call. For it sure. did, and they'll be debating it for a long time. Anyways, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back after the break with the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I travelled to Italy to explore my Italian heritage. I'm in Modena, birthplace of Pavarotti. When I knocked on my cousin's door, he opened it and said, 
My long-lost cousin, you finally come home. You must now marry my neighbour's sister. I said I had to get something in the car and never went back. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I travelled to Italy to explore my Italian heritage. I have family in Caprese, home of Michelangelo, who famously painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. It took him four years. We must be distant relatives, because it took me almost as long to paint the ceiling of my garage. I'm sure he did a bunch of nudes, but I did two coats. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. A part owner of the Green Bay Packers and a proud fan of the Fighting Irish in Notre Dame. Of course, I'm talking about Joe Bowen. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Morning, guys. How are you today? Uh, just uh, We're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. Just to uh, forewarn you ahead of time, uh, Franceschetti found his way to the studio again this morning. So uh, That's you... all right. That's all right. <laughs> so you may we'll, hear. We'll see, we'll see him later. That's okay. Good morning, <laughs> Joe. That's all right. Morning, uh, Louis. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. You know, we... what? you know where I am, Louis? i got to tell you where I'm driving to. Tell me. I'm driving into Cape Real, Ontario. Now, what is famous about Cape Real, Ontario? What's Cape Real, Ontario? It's in northern Ontario somewhere. Near, oh, near yeah. Sudbury. Near, near Sudbury. Yeah. yeah. And who who are two of the more famous uh, Cape Realites to have left this fine little railroad town? Come on, you guys. Wasn't J.P. J. Parisi by any chance, was it? No. 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 Not Timmy Horton. No, no Horton's no. from, Kirk, no. from Kirkland Lake. No. Or from Cochrane. One was, one was nicknamed the Diesel, and he was on the scooter line, and we just lost the center to the scooter line a few months ago. 
Joe. I don't think I was born back then. <laughs> Come Come on. On. I used to know this stuff, Cole. Joe, put Doug, us out of Doug our misery. Moans. Doug Moans. Doug Moans. played with Kenny Warham and Epic Dan Donald. Epic Dan Makita on the scooter line. Yeah. And the other famous one was Terry Crisp. Oh, Terry who, Crisp. Of course, was a Philadelphia Flyer and then a longtime broadcaster with a very good friend of mine, Pete Weber, with the Nashville Predators. So there you go. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Joe, are we playing golf tomorrow? <laughs> a little history. Yeah, well, I am. I don't know what you're, what sport you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the rain. <laughs> Anyways, Joe. Oh, that I don't know. You know what? If it does rain, it'll improve my game. I'm okay, better on great. the 19th hole than I am in the We might get 19th. you to the bar a little bit sooner. Oh, absolutely. Anyways, I can Joe. at least participate there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're doing a little bit of a homage to uh, to Notre Dame today. We, of course, we've got you on. We got we got. Stunk. Oh, we they stunk yesterday. yesterday. So give us uh, give us. I know you made your annual pilgrimage to uh, South yep. Bend the week before, and uh, you posted a couple of pictures. You guys were all regaled in your green sweaters, and you got some field oh, the passes. Green out. The green out. It was great. And it you were great. down there with your with your wreck vehicle. Tell us tell us why that weekend's so important and what it means to you. You know what? It's 20 years that we've been doing this, guys, and it is a pilgrimage. It really is. We've tried to bring different people who've never experienced uh, Notre Dame or college football. Uh, we really got fortunate uh, this year. Um, we had a, a wonderful tailgate that uh, uh, went extraordinarily well. A good friend of mine um, uh, that is uh, a part of uh, Weber Barbecue um, did a marvelous job for us uh, getting things organized and we had a great um, Kevin Col- uh, Coleman from, from Weber, who is the grill master of Weber Barbecue. So we did not do anything. He brought all of the food. It was wonderful. Um, but, you know, my dad was a huge fan, never got a chance to go. Um, and so I've taken my sons each year uh, for the last 20 years. And it's a pilgrimage. It really is. I, I, I go down to the grotto early on Thursday morning about 7 a.m., and I sit there for a half an hour or so, and I talk to my dad. And I, I mean, I don't do that anywhere else. But um, it, it, it really is quite special. The, the campus is magnificent, and the stadium and the, the history and the mystique, uh, it, it's just a very, very special spot for us, and we, uh, we enjoy it to the hilt, that's for sure. Joe, do you think that uh, maybe... A couple of years down the road that we can get together at an Alabama Notre Dame game. I think they've. Uh, <laughs> it's a ten years, my friend. Is it ten well, years? You know what? It's ten you know years what? from now. Louis, yeah, Louis, when when you guys actually decide to come north of the Mason Dixon line, <laughs> you know, that would be kind of nice. You know, I mean, I love the way you beat up everybody down there, but I'd love to have you come to Notre Dame in, in November, and we'll get a little snow going for you. I love that, really Joe. <laughs> Uh, Joe, uh, Joe, as I'm sure, as I'm sure you've heard, uh, Alabama and Notre Dame have scheduled a back-to-back series, but we got to wait ten years for it. So, yeah, well, yeah, well, that's going to be a bit of a wait for me. But we'll look forward. Maybe we'll see them er- earlier than that. But uh, how about that? How about in Santa Clara this year? When it happens, yeah. So. Well, we'd love to, yeah, as, as Lou points out, uh, we'd love to see us back in the national championship game. We've got a score to settle from a few years back. Yeah, 52-something? Yeah, we do. Anyways, uh, big, big win against Michigan. Uh, they didn't look so hot against uh, Ball State yesterday, well, you know Joe. Yesterday, it looked, like, it looked like Winbush was absolutely told, do not run the football. I mean, he was so effective at running the ball against Michigan, but I think Kelly just told him, okay, we're going to work on something different here. You guys, uh, he's not going to run the ball. 
and and rarely did he run the ball on a design run play or anything else. So to that, and I was uh, I was quite surprised. But I mean, you, you know, you, you work on things when you have an opportunity, and I guess that's what one of the things that they were doing. Uh, Joe, uh, another one of your passions we have to talk about is, of course, starting today. Uh, you are a part owner of the... No, 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 no. Sorry. I'm the majority owner. Okay. <laughs> I, ha- I have control of five shares, which puts me in control. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, we corrected uh, we corrected that and set the record straight. Thanks. But uh, you're, you're a majority owner of the Green Bay Packers. Thank you. And uh, hope springs eternal. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers... Well, we Big guy signed for the long haul. Um, I think that uh, we've made some pretty good decisions as far as depth on our defense, and I think our defense is going to be a lot better this year. Uh, and, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, uh, I think they have a, a very good chance to, to go to the big show. And uh, your assessment, you think they might have a chance to go to the big show? Um your overall assessment of uh, the NFL this year, Joe. Who uh, who do you think will be the Packers' toughest competition in their uh, in their division? Well, I, I like some of the moves that the Bears have made. To be honest with you, uh, Minnesota I think is probably um, the toughest team within their actual division. Uh, but uh, it, it will be very very interesting to see uh, how it all shakes out. Um, I, I I just hope that somewhere along the line, the Packers have found themselves a running back to try to take some of the pressure off of uh, Rodgers. But uh, we'll wait and see how it all shakes down here in the next little while. But I'm looking forward to the Bears game tonight. It's always a slugfest, and it's a, as bitter a rivalry as there is in professional sports. So a uh, good way to kick off the season and really get everybody's dander up. That uh, division is quite strong now with the Bears coming up and... Uh with uh, Detroit in that division. That's probably the strongest division in football, Joe. I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I, I think it's uh, it's getting back to, uh, uh, you know, the, the way it was a number of years ago, and it will be a tough exit from there in order to get into the postseason. So I think uh, Detroit's on the move. Uh, I, I, think the, I think the whole division is very strong, and the Bears uh, have really had their difficulties over the last little while, but it looks like they're finally on the right track. Uh, we're talking to Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Joe, uh, just a couple of more minutes. Uh, we can't let you go uh, without talking about our beloved blue and white. Uh, the big issue right now seems to be uh, the two big issues. Who's going to be the captain if they're going to choose a captain? And uh, a lot of people are saying the Leafs are the favorites for the Stanley Cup. I'd like you to react to both. Captaincy and how, do you, how are you sizing up the Leafs at this point this season? I am sick and tired of people asking who's going to be the captain. Do they need a captain? My goodness. We've got, this has turned into just a media frenzy over nothing. And I, I really liked what Kyle Dubas said the other day. He is new to the position. He wants to assess for himself uh, the leadership in the dressing room. And he may or may not. Uh, make a captain. Louie, you've been in a dressing room, and it, you don't have to have a C on your jersey to be the leader of the team or to be a leader in the, of the group in the room. And many times there are guys who don't have the C on who really are 
the, the leaders of that group because of experience or, or whatever. So I think they've got a wealth of leadership uh, candidates. They've obviously augmented that with the arrival of John Tavares, who has uh, certainly worn that mantle uh, in other cities uh, or in other city. Um, but it's, it's really, it doesn't mean anything other than to the media at this point. It means very little to the players. Uh, they're they're going to follow the leader who's in the room anyway. And uh, I don't. I, I think that it's it, it has really gotten to be a question that ha- that being asked because there is no other questions to ask. I guess. Um, but it, when it happens, it happens. Uh, and uh, the one thing they want to make sure is when they do put the seal on, they don't want to have to come back uh, a, a month or two months or a year later and take it away. So I think that's a very wise move by uh, Dubas. He'll. He'll take his time, he'll make his assessment, and then along with the coaching staff and management, they'll decide who uh, should be a captain if and when they decide to do it. I think you're absolutely right, Joe. Uh, Even with bringing Tavares in, even with him being uh, the captain of the New York Islanders, he was more or less, I think he wants to sit back and see how everybody's going to respond to him. And the players are going to know who the really captain should be. But they're just going to follow Tavares, they're going to follow Matthews, they're going to follow all of the leaders that they've had the last couple of years, and everything will more or less, it'll come out in the wash uh, either by the end of this year or, or at the start of next year. The question I wanted to ask you is, is this Michael Nylander uh, situation going to be a little bit of a distraction once these guys get to camp? William? I, I, I don't think so, um, Louis. I think, I mean, this will get done, and it'll get done in due course. Um, and obviously, Nylander is looking for a certain figure. The Leafs are, are, are looking for a figure with an eye towards next year when Marner and Matthews will be in the same situation. So having said that, um, I don't think that there's a, you know, a big rush to get it done. But I think it probably will get done, if not before training camp, then soon afterwards. Because I, I know that the players in these situations want to go to camp want to get comfortable. There's all kinds of different combinations being talked about as who's going to play with who. And you don't want some guy coming up from a talent-laden team like the Marlies and uh, making a real big impression and maybe bumping you from one line to another. So I I think this is going to get done. I would be, um, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it's done before training camp starts. Joe Sparks, uh, the goalie for the Marlies. You know what? I'm sorry. I I didn't didn't answer your other question. The Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. There you <laughs> go. Well, somebody asked me that during, actually, Bob McCowan asked me that. He, and, and it wasn't, how do you think the Leafs will do? The question was, who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Well, in 37 years of doing this job, I have never once said the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not once. So when I was asked a direct question like that, and I thought about it, I said, <laughs> well, you know what? I guess, guess what? They've got a chance. They've got a real good chance this year. So I've said, well, all right, the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. But, I mean, the whole thing, really, and, and I think everybody agrees on this, is that they've had two trips to the dance. Uh, now they are better. Uh, they're deeper. Uh, they're more experienced. And so for the next five years, six years, seven years, they're going to make the playoffs. And then you kind of hope in one of those or a couple of those instances the round pegs fit in the square holes, and everything falls together, and the ultimate prize is won. But, I mean, there's no guarantees. Last year at this time, the Washington Capitals were written off. They had their window of opportunity, had slammed shut, 
it was over. They're not even going to sign the coach. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the rebuild is going to start. And the rebuild ends up being a parade and a guy, a Russian guy, running through uh, water fountains with the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Does the Marlies goalie Sparks have a legitimate shot at making the team this year, Joe? I really hope so. Well, I, and I'll tell you why. When the whole idea that this organization has done and done very, very well since Brendan Shanahan arrived is earn the jersey. You've got to play in the American Hockey League. You've got to learn to be a pro. You've got to uh, uh, excel and earn the jersey to be able to come up. Garrett Sparks has done all of that and then some. He's, he, he's been awarded the best goaltender in the American Hockey League. He backstopped his team to a Calder Cup champion, championship, first time ever in franchise history. You have to reward these people. You've got to show them that if you earn the jersey, by God, you're going to get the jersey. So I think he's going to be given a real, real good uh, chance to uh, tag team with Frederick Anderson. And I think Curtis McElhinney understands that challenge is, uh, is there. And it should be. I mean, you have to reward people that you're asking to do uh, in the minors, earn the jersey. And uh, my goodness, that season he had last year uh, sent up a lot of flares saying, hey, you know what? I'm earning a jersey here somewhere. Uh, Joe, um, the one area that um, the Leafs appear to be, I don't want to use the word weak, but the area that appears if the need to get over the hump, perhaps this is the area they have to strengthen. And it's no secret that their defense... Broadcasting? <laughs> Broadcasting's, it's sewn up for the next... So you signed a new contract, Joe, don't you remember? We're not worried about We're not worried about broadcasting. Yeah, there's a clause in it that you get rid of Ralphie and I have 30 days notice. So I'm not sure how good it is. No, I, uh, I wouldn't worry too much, Joe. There's too many people out there that still love what you do and, uh, you know, how we feel about you. So let's not go right. there. So now what's the issue? The, we, we, know, we, know what the, we know what the issue is, and it's defense. Everybody wants to criticize the defense. There's been no significant real moves. Made over uh, the summer, uh, other than we, we think we're going to get Zaitsev back to where he was the year before, and we got a couple of guys down in the Marlies that appear ready to take the, the next step up. And uh, uh, how would you evaluate their defense, and is it going to be good enough to get them to the next level? Well, I, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head. One, there are some guys down there who, who deserve an opportunity. And, and, and we can start with Travis Dermott, who played well uh, while up with the big club at the end of the year and then spearheaded that drive to a Calder Cup down in, uh, with, the, with the Marlies. There are a couple of others that are, are, are knocking on the door, and they're, they're, it's going to be a very interesting camp. I, I think what the Leafs have done is because of this, not glut, but certainly a wealth of talent, that is pushing from underneath, get a look and see what they have, uh, go with what they think will be fine for the regular season, and assess it to the trade deadline. And then you might see a move that uh, to augment it with a veteran defenseman or something. There, there isn't a guy in the organization that you would say is you know, the, the, the new number one. They have a lot of number twos and threes and fours. 
but a lot of teams have that. I mean, when you took a look at the, the two teams that finished in the Stanley Cup final last year, I'm not sure that you would have said, oh, yeah, they, well, they both have that one big stud on defense. They had a good defense core, and, and that worked out fine for them. So I think that's what they're looking for. And, and you know what? If you have the puck more, uh, your defense looks a lot better uh, just because they're not defending. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works out because you really would think with the, with the, the litany of talent they have up front, that they're going to possess the puck a lot of this year and do a lot of things with it. So I, I think they're going to wait and see. Uh, they ha- it's a mobile defense. I, the one area uh, that I'm old school, uh, I, the one area that I'm a little more concerned of than, than the defense is uh, do they have enough sandpaper and pushback? Uh, I don't know if there are an awful lot of players on that roster that will push back when it, when it comes to that. Um, now, having said that, if you own the puck, you don't need to push back very much. So we'll wait and see. Joe, uh, well, we saw the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins win a Stanley Cup with almost a three-quarter American Hockey League uh, uh, back end. So there, there's always hope here for the Leafs. guys that year. They had 11 defensemen play that year. And uh, a lot of, you're right. They were American Hockey League. You're right. And the one thing I want to see this year, I want to see the Leafs as a whole – buy into the defensive system because last year I think they were in the top three and worst shots against uh, Anderson. I think it's going to be up to Mike Babcock this year to really install uh, how good he is and how he can make uh, all these players commit to playing the defensive end first because we know we ha- they have all the offense in the world. Now it's going to be up to the players to see if they're going to buy into his system uh, on cleaning up that defensive end. And you're right, they don't have enough sandpaper. They're, this is a very small, very talented hockey team. And come playoff time, we don't know whether they're going to stand up to the teams like Washington, the bigger physical teams, when they have to do it uh, on an every-night basis. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and and defense is, is more than just a defenseman. Uh, it is a team concept. It's 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 everything attached to it. Um, obviously, Mike Babcock has had a, um, a real nice run here without an awful lot of heat being attached to him. Uh, but uh, that that honeymoon portion is over. It's uh, uh, the expectations, um, especially with me telling everybody they're going to win the Stanley Cup, uh, are going to be are going to be a little higher, and uh, and rightly so. And um, you know, I think Mike has. Uh, as more than capable of handling that, and uh, and it will be. Uh, it's going to have to be really implanted on this group. You will get your points. You will score uh, everything else, but we have to play better defensively. I'll tell you one thing that I, I really hope we see, and I mentioned this the other day uh, on a program with Andy Petrillo. 1938. 1938. We've not had... A person lead the National Hockey League in scoring. Gordy Drillon. Gordy Drillon. Thirty-eight. And I, I would think that if this team is going to be successful, one or two, uh, or maybe even three, will be in the top ten in scoring. And if they are able to uh, breach that 1938 barrier, then they might be able to breach the 1967 barrier as well. Now, speaking of uh, being a leading scorer, out of the three guys, which one would you choose? Uh, Marner, oh boy, I, t- Tavares, t- flip or... Flip a coin. Flip a coin. And, you know, the, the one thing that you hope 
Austin Matthews improves on this year is his point production on the power play. Because five on five, he's been absolutely magnificent. But for some ungodly reason, and you don't really know why, um, his power play production is has not been probably what it should be. So it will be very interesting to see. I mean, they're going to have two groups that are going to just terrorize people, you would think, uh, with the amount of talent that they have. So having said that, uh, I, I would I would look for Austin Matthews to have a bigger year uh, on the PP uh, and augment what he's done. And, and then again, guys, obviously, uh, health. Uh, everybody, if they stay healthy, they're going to pile up a lot of points. Uh, we've been talking to Joe Bowen. Joe, uh... I'll leave it at this. There's three of we talk, I've talked with Naz and Lou in the show a few times about the three things I want to see before uh, I, 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 I uh, before I run out of time. And you're involved in two of them. The first one I want to Uh-oh. see Italy win the World Cup of Soccer again. The second one is I want to see Notre Dame win the yeah. national championship. There we go. And I want to see the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. And and I'm going to add another one to that today. I want to see the Leafs win the Stanley Cup, and I want to be able to listen to Joe Bowen call it. And I promise you, <laughs> well, it might be this year. Call. It might be next year. It's going to happen. There's going to be a call. Uh, I'm going to turn my radio on, uh, and I'm going to listen to you say the Leafs have won the Stanley Cup or whatever priceless epithet you come up with at that time. Well, I'll tell you what, what I'm doing now up here in northern Ontario, other than coming to watch my son play hockey, is uh, – Mapping out the parade route, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm here in Cape Real talking to all of the civic leaders here to see if we have to wheel it through here. But I thought we would start in Timmins and Schumacher because there's so many uh, former Leafs coming from that area. We'd have to take a, a bit of a turn over to Sault Ste. Marie to pick up Kyle Dubas's mum. Then we're going to slide back through Sudbury, maybe up through Cape Real here, and then down uh, uh, North Bay to Highway 11, straight down 11, down Young Street. We're going to dip the front tires of the vehicle with the cup into Lake Ontario. And the next day, the newspapers will read, Leafs screw up parade route. So having said that, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we won't join you in Sudbury, but uh, we'll come up and we'll catch you as you're joining, as you're coming, swinging by Barry, and we'll follow you all the way down, Joe. Yeah, yeah, pick us up in Newmarket. Sounds fantastic. Listen, Joe, you know how much we appreciate this, and I'll just leave it off with this. Thanks so much, and go Irish. You bet, buddy. All right. Thanks, Thanks Joe. Guys. Joe Bowen, uh, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Lou, uh, since we're uh, on the topic, uh, I don't think uh, I don't know if we've had an opportunity to speak to you about this, but uh, obviously the big Leaf story coming into the season uh, from a positive perspective is John Tavares. You know, and uh, you know, I'll ask you to comment. You played in the NHL. You had some uh, some uh, I'm sure great people that were captains on some of the teams you played uh, for. Uh, First of all, how important is the role of captain? And you know, and I, I tend to agree with with Joe in this sense. It's let's not, let's not make a big deal out of it, whether it's Tavares or Matthews or Morgan Riley. It, it's you know, in today's NHL, you know, it, it doesn't matter who wears the C. Leadership just develops in the dressing room, anyways. Uh, I, I really think Joe was right, and you're right. Uh, you walk into a dressing room as an athlete, you know who the leaders are. You know who you look up to, and you know who which ones are supposed to lead. If you're better players and you're hard-working players, they go about doing their own job. You know, I was in a dressing room with Rod Langway. Rod Langway hardly said anything in between periods. Um, we just went out and played because we knew he was a stalwart. 
uh, of that defense. When when they made the trade, uh, they traded Ryan Walter, who was the epitome of, of being a captain, and Rick Green to get him from Montreal because David Poe knew that Rod Lange was going to be the so-called horse of that of that back end. They brought in Kevin Hatcher, they brought in Larry Murphy, they brought in Scott Stevens the years after. But they knew that Rod Langway was the guy that everybody was going to lean on um, at that time. Scott Stevens developed into one of the best defensemen of all time. But he sat back and more or less just watched Rod, the way he handled things, the way he didn't handle certain things. Uh, and this is the same thing with Tavares and, and, and Matthews. I, I think... What we have to see right now is, are they going to extend Austin Matthews for seven or eight years? And we're going to see how Tavares handles the media uh, and playing in the cities, see how comfortable he is. Is he going to take a back seat to Austin Matthews be number one or vice versa? Or is he going to take the bull by the horns and say, boys, let's go for a big ride here. Uh, and then Austin Matthews is going to follow. And so is Marner and Nylander and, and the rest of the crew. So um, I don't think the Leafs are going to make a drastic decision uh, because we know that Austin Matthews and John DeVars are going to be the voice of the Maple Leafs this year. But they're going to wait as the year goes on and wait till next year. If they extend Austin Matthews to, to eight years, I think John Tavares will be gladly give the reins over to Austin Matthews as the captain because he knows he's going to be a lot younger. Uh, and it's going to be a great one-two punch. So it's going back to your question. If you're an individual, if you're a professional athlete and you follow the right rules and follow the right guy, I don't think anybody really needs a captain uh, in any sport. Fair enough. We've got to go to break. Um, we had hoped to have uh, Daniel Rudy Rudiger on the show. We've been unable to get a hold of him this morning. Uh, we're going to keep trying, but we're running out of time. I know that uh, Daniel's in Las Vegas, and it's, and it's pretty early down there in the morning. Uh, we'll keep giving it a shot, and we'll be right back after the break. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. 
Good morning and welcome back to the Nazawali Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto in the new AM740, downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM, and live video streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. We had announced and had hoped to have Daniel Rudy Rudiger on the show this morning. We haven't been able to connect with him. It is, of course, the 25th anniversary of uh, one of the most iconic sports films of all time, uh, debuted or closed the Toronto International Film Festival 25 years ago. Uh, we had announced it, and unfortunately, we haven't been able to make that connection. So uh, we'll carry on. There's a lot of other things to talk about. It might be an opportunity, uh, an opportune moment to take some calls on the show. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, if you're at all interested, we're going to open up the lines. Whatever's on your mind sports-wise, there's a lot of hot topics in the sports world uh, this uh, this week. Some of them were some people fear to tread. Uh, if you've got any opinions uh, on any of what's going on in the sports world, by all means, give us a call. Uh, the numbers are 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Once again, 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Naz, I noticed you're wearing your Buffalo Bill sweater this week. Everybody's calling for them to go 0-16 this year. <laughs> well, it's the house. beginning of the of the Nathan Peterman run. Uh, <laughs> Although I would, to be fair to to be fair to Mr. Peterman, uh, he had not the greatest debut last year in his first. Uh, in his first uh, go round as a, as a Buffalo Bills quarterback, they threw him into that game. I believe it was the Chargers, right? Are they are they San Diego or Los Angeles now? Los uh, Angeles, the Los Angeles Chargers, and uh, he threw five interceptions in the first half. So um, you know he didn't get off to that uh, great of a start, but he looked better. I got I've got to say, he did look better in the preseason this year, and I have to think that's why they got rid of McCarron. Yeah, it's uh, McCarron is the quarterback from Alabama. You remember those days, eh, Louis? But he uh, he hasn't uh, been very good as a pro so far, and uh, let's see what he does uh, out in uh, L.A. with the Raiders. Louis, uh, how are you seeing? Uh, who are you seeing uh, being s- uh, strong and surprising in the NFL this year? Surprising. Uh, I think the Tennessee Titans are, are going to surprise a lot of people this year. Uh, they, they had a pretty good year last year, and they really reinforced themselves in the off season. Um, in the national conference, I like to see Atlanta get back there. Uh, I love their offense, um, and I just hope they can uh, Matt Ryan can more or less get that one Super Bowl out of his way. And because uh, I knew he didn't have a very good first game there, five times in the. Uh, Within five yards of getting a touchdown, and they came up with no points. Anyway, we've got a few people on the line. Uh, seems like some people are anxious to uh, to uh, got some things they want to get off their chest this morning. If you, uh, I know some of you are holding. If you want to hold, we'll try and get to you. Uh, we've got a few minutes, so uh, why don't we get right to it? Uh, please announce your name as soon as we uh, get you on the line. Who have we got on the line this morning? Producer, you want to put a line call on? Who have we got? Good morning. Yeah, and Wally, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Who have we got this morning? Uh, it's Mike and Hamilton. Mike and Hamilton. Tell us what's on your mind this morning, Mike. Well, yeah, I was just listening to the privilege of listening to Joe Bow, and he's just, we like to say, an iconic, uh, uh, a legendary broadcaster. I've been listening to him since he joined the Leafs, I think, in the early 80s. And um, 
just um, he's I think from Sudbury, he, he, I you know what he's he's the best, and it's a shame. And I, we've said it, Naz and I, and said it on the on the show quite a few times. Uh, man, I'd love to hear be listening to him do the TV as well as just the radio. Uh, even if they don't want to give him that prize slot on Saturday nights that that uh, they uh, they've given to Houston these days, uh, and it's not meant as any criticism any of anybody. But you know, I'd love to see Joe and Jimmy uh, Ralph doing some TV. Uh, really? Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Sorry, Wally. Just um, yeah, Naz and uh, Lou. It's good to see you guys. I haven't called you in a long, long time, but it's uh, yeah, Joe Bowen. He um, just I recall a call he made. Um, I didn't know that he owned the Packers. That's unbelievable. <laughs> well, I think he Mike. Really I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. I think he embellishes a little bit. Anybody can. I think we can all buy shares in the Packers. I don't know, but you know, he uh, he's a proud Packers guy. Listen, Mike, we're going to let you go. We've got a lot of other callers uh, we haven't had a chance to speak with in a while, so we want to get as many people in as we possibly can. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks so uh, uh, next caller, who have we got on the line? Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Who have we got? You put the call through? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, Good morning. Kevin, my friend. Kevin from Buffalo. What's on your mind, sir? Well, a pleasure to speak of, to the both of you. And I wanted to make a comment on the Toronto Blue Jays. And being a minor league AAA team here in Buffalo... Amazing to see this month all of the Buffalo Bisons with Toronto. And I wanted to mention, too, on uh, uh, Mark Shapiro. He mentioned it's quite interesting, minor league player of the year, Guerrero. And, boy, Toronto, when, when he comes up and plays major league ball, he was a pleasure to watch this August. So exciting. And it's going to be quite a final few weeks for John Gibbons with the situation with Toronto. And to close, the Toronto Argos, the bye week has come at a great time. And I'll close and listen to your comments, and you gentlemen have a good middle of September. Kevin, listen, you know how much we appreciate you always calling. You uh, you, you touched on a lot of topics there. Naz, I'll let you, I'll let you go at the, I'll the address some of Kevin's is, comments. The interesting thing is that we're seeing some of the prospects from Buffalo, and they're not as bad as uh, we thought they were. Telez is having a great start to his uh, major league career. I'm sure he's going to play somewhere. Maybe not Toronto, but he'll play somewhere for sure. Uh, we got Louie here shaking his head. Okay, here you go, oh, Louie. I'll hey, give listen. you your your minute and a half here. I got to you know, take the next Ke- call. Ke- Kevin made a great point. He's 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 watching the the, the Buffalo Bisons <laughs> of the North. <laughs> That's what happens when you have a lousy team. He's so negative, this guy. Uh, you know. <laughs> Hey, come on. Nas predicted, predicted the Blue Jays are going to be a wild card team at the start of the year, and everything's falling flat on their face. Uh, and we knew Gibbons was too laid back of a coach to coach this kind of team. So I think it's it's a great position right now for somebody to, uh, for some of the young kids to more or less show their face uh, um, for this last month. And uh, Telez was, he wasn't even talking about being a future, and now he's. You know, he could be a, a great DH next year when they let rid of uh, Morales. Anyways, guys, we've got, we've got about four minutes left. We've got, uh, I want to take the, we've got a caller who's been holding for about five or six minutes. We'd love to take his call. I believe we have from Etobicoke, the D-General. D-General, are you there this morning? I'm here. I'm here, guys. How are you? We're doing great. What's on your sporting mind? There's a lot of uh, a lot of topics for discussion, Mr. General. So where do you, where do you want to start off? 
Listen, I want to talk about hockey, and uh, Lou, it's nice to have you back because there's finally somebody that has a sound mind and sound reason to uh, this, this discussion about the Leafs and where they're going, etc. I'm on my way to a, a minor hockey tournament this morning here. we got a game, and the toughest thing is trying to sell that team defense, that concept, and I agree with you 200%. If the Leafs don't buy in and they don't start playing that, uh, that five-man D, that collapsing zone, they, whatever they got to do, it's not going to happen. I don't care. And the other question mark I have, and I'll, I'll throw it to you guys, is the goaltending. Do they got the depth in the goaltending that's going to take them to the end? Because last year they floundered. Uh, Rask for the Bruins wasn't uh, any any stalwart himself, but but he outplayed as bad as both of those guys were. He made the the extra save, so that's what's, what I think it's going to take. I'll throw it over hey, to you, Lou. General, uh, you make a lot of good points. Uh, as close as the Leafs. Are I think they're still quite a ways. Remember, they got to get by Tampa, uh, who's got a little bit more talent, especially on the back end, and they've got a goaltender that can match or even better than than Anderson. But if they buy into Babcock's system, uh, there's always a great opportunity for this city to uh, to turn it upside down like we did in '82 when uh, Italy won the World Cup. I agree. They should hire you, Lou. I don't understand why. <laughs> Anyways, Naz, uh, I want to. I want you to address the point that uh, uh, the general made. There is he's, he's a little bit. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. You, you, you might. It sounded like you're a little bit concerned about the depth of the of the of the Leafs goaltending. Uh, yeah. I, I would have thought that they have more than amount of depth. They got too many goalies, Naz. Well, I think Sparks will be challenging for a, uh, a backup spot, and he could fill in pretty easily in the NHL level, I'm sure. Now he's the, he was the best goalie in the American Hockey League last year, and they got to give him an opportunity to do that. Now Anderson has signed the big contract though, too, right? So that has an effect in it. Uh, I, I I agree with you. The goaltending was uh, not adequate during the playoff time last year for the Leafs. Well, let's, let's to, okay, okay. It wasn't. We we've now just uh, and said that. We have concerns about the adequacy of the... And, uh, D. General, thanks for your call. I'll let you go. Um, we're concerned about the adequacy of the Leafs goaltending, and, and we've got about a minute left. And I, and I raised this point. Um, I wasn't too happy about how Frederick Anderson played in, 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 in that series against the Boston Bruins. He had some fantastic games, no question. He, I think he stole two games in that series for them. Uh, but it seemed that, you know, when it counted, I mean, it, the, there was a certain level of inconsistency there that I found disconcerting. Lou? Well, I think that's the difference between Anderson and, and Fleury and, and Howard and all the goalies that, that have won Stanley Cups in the last couple of years. Uh, you've got to make the big save at the right time um, during the hockey game and, and more or less shut everything down. Grant Fuhrer. You know, with the Edmonton Oilers, they didn't care when what the score was, but Grant came up with the big save when Edmonton really needed it because uh, they knew they had the, that big horse in the back. Naz, last word. We've got 20 seconds left. Well, I'm looking forward to the Bills game. We have uh, the clan coming over to watch the game today, and hopefully they're going to be better than uh, what everybody's predicting. Look forward to uh, an NFL season. Hopefully we'll be reporting more on the football than on, uh, on the other activities at some point in time, and we'll actually have an opportunity to enjoy the football. Uh, so to all of our listeners, have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning, same time.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.